This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Politics without the soap opera. With unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots yearning to live free again to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for a full week after being off on vacation last week. Uh, it's Monday, the 23rd of August. And folks, it is, may as well be a Friday for me. I was working all Sunday. And I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. I am crushed. I am soul crushed. I've dealt with evil my whole life. I've been in politics and I've seen terrible policies being pursued, controlling people's lives, all for politics. But I've never seen anything like this. When you look at the amalgamation of the things they are approving and mandating juxtaposed to what they are censoring, shaming, and even banning, it is soul-crushing. It's like a snake that, unlike any other animal, just bites and gets no benefit from it. They have their money. They have their power. They got the vaccines. They got everything they want. Just allow people, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, and by the way, you can't call it a vaccine anymore, with the Mayo Clinic admitting it's 40% effective, the Pfizer shot. So that's a prophylactic, and it's not 40%. It's a moving target. It's going down to zero. But you, you, you cannot even imagine the standards that they apply to approve their stuff and the lies they're telling to people, again, vaccinated, unvaccinated, that are getting this virus. And there's so much they can do. We're going to get into all this. We're going to start off with first what they're censoring and then go into, obviously, the approval of the vaccine, of the clot shots. And approval, does, I don't even care if they approve it at this point. But we all know that means a mandate. They're going to mandate it. That essentially means the majority of people are going to have to get it, even if they don't want to, even if they already have natural immunity. By the way, one of our listeners helped put together, I'm going to try to put this out later this week, a full list, or not, not a full list, it's impossible to do that, but a pretty exhaustive list of all the studies demonstrating the efficacy of natural immunity and how it's superior to the vaccine even months ago when the thought was that it was 90% effective. And that has certainly um, gone out the window based on CDC's own admission. Now, in a time like this, I really need wine. It's good for your heart health, brain health, but it's also good for your blood pressure. Down in Argentina, they grow this really dark red wine from Malbec grapes grown at 9,000 feet, conservativewine.com. Um, they import the best red wine Malbecs you can imagine. It has resveratrol in it, 10 times more than other wines. It has great longevity, heart health, um, lots of studies behind it, much more data than the vaccines. They have 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, fewer additives. They're great on steak. Uh, look, folks, <laughs> you need something to get you through the show <laughs> without feeling as miserable as I do. 
So uh, go to conservativewine.com. They're giving you 50% off their best Malbecs plus 50% off shipping. A great gift for you and yourself. Again, conservativewine.com. So I was going to have a you know pretty much a family day with the kids yesterday when I saw the FDA tweet out, you're not a bunch of horses or cows. Stop taking ivermectin. And basically, they're now disseminating information insinuating that this is a poison toxin that's an animal medication not fit for humans. And I saw that and I was like, they are literally erasing 50 years of history behind this, full of straw man arguments. And this thing has greater efficacy, not just against the human stuff. It was designed for river blindness and scabies and things like that, which... You know, you could t- tell me off-label all you want, but you can't tell me it's not for humans. But then they push remdesivir in the clot shots while they're investigating major issues with them as the standard of care. And here, we just want the right to try. So today, we're going to set the record straight. But I first want to note that before we even get to ivermectin, The way we are successful in politics here, and I've been my whole life, is because I don't just look at one thing in a vacuum. I look at a totality of circumstances. An uninterrupted train of observations. And what you'll notice is it's not about hydroxychloroquine. It's not about ivermectin. They oppose and are now fighting everything that works. So just so you know, NAC, N-A-C, okay? This is a natural supplement that is great all around. It's great to take. It's been sold in all these, you know, vitamin stores forever. It particularly has great mechanisms of action against pulmonary inflammation, respiratory problems. So it's been part of some of the protocols of the few doctors that actually are doctors and actually have a sense of humanity in them and are trying to treat this. I didn't even know this But evidently, and you can look it up, Amazon was told to stop selling it, and they stopped selling it. Now, you can get it elsewhere at, you know, online. You could Google it, and you could still find it, but that they're going after that. As we noted, calcifediol, the active form of vitamin D, the FDA is preventing even hospital pharmacies from concocting it. That could immediately save all ICU patients immediately and preempt anyone from even getting this by instantly getting the right levels of vitamin D into their body. It bypasses the liver, like the typical D3 that we get. You should still take it, but, you know, it uh, will usually take a few months if you have really low levels, and hopefully you don't get the virus by then. Then I'm hearing quercetin, another over-the-counter great mechanism of action. It's a zinc ionophore, helps get the zinc into your cells, has other good qualities to it that they're going after that and trying to make that prescription only. So you better stock up on this stuff while you can. So the point is, everything and anything that works, they're going after. It is genocidal. So let's start bottom-up with ivermectin. Right away, they're trying to attack its safety profile. Okay? Now, you might say, oh, well, they they mean these people, these reports they're getting from Mississippi where people are taking the horse paste. 
Yeah, but then you would say, look, there is an FDA approved, and it is FDA approved, human version that's been dispensed 4 billion times in the world with, with less adverse reactions than Tylenol. And you should be taking that. Or if they want to say, we haven't yet, yet approved it for COVID, but if you're going to take it, take that. Instead, they give the impression that it's only an animal medicine. Now, as you well know, there's tons of things that are for humans and animals that we take all the time. They have different concoctions. And you obviously don't take the animal one, but the fact that there's an animal one doesn't negate the fact that it's very good for humans in the right form. Okay, there's tons of medications like that. The vaccines themselves were tried on animals, not as comprehensively as they should have been, by the way. Do we call them animal medicines, the vaccines? No. You start it with animals, and then certain things like, hey, that works. Let's do a a randomized controlled trial on people. And indeed, that's what happened with ivermectin. Because people never heard of it, the government is trying to lie to them from day one. But let's set the record straight about ivermectin. Let's set the record straight. So in 1987 is when river blindness really broke through in Africa. There were two parasitic attacks. One of them was river blindness. Um, it has this fancy name to it. And it was devastating. It's an eye inflammatory response to the paras- to a certain parasitic attack that would eventually lead to blindness. And in some countries like, you know, Burkina Faso, some of these central West Horn African countries, there were about 22 of them that had the issue. In the 70s and 80s, it took off. And that's really when they stopped with the pesticides because of Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. She engaged in a tremendous amount of genocide, by the way, with that. And among the many ailments that they got that were brought back, in addition to malaria, was river blindness. So in the 70s and 80s, it really percolated. It was devastating these countries. And back when um, Merck and some of the big pharma weren't just about money and actually cared about science and saving lives, a man named Sotashi Omura, O-M-U-R-A, a scientist at the uh, Kitasato Institute in Tokyo discovered a mechanism of action with what was, it was called something else, but it was ivermectin. And at the time before the, this is in the 1970s, before the 70s, it was used for animals, like a lot of things that start out as animals. Okay. We're talking about 50 freaking years ago. Okay, not now. This is 50 years ago. He sent his friend in New Jersey, William C. Campbell, information on this. William C. Campbell was a scientist for Merck at the time, in the 70s. And he discovered it indeed works phenomenally, and he created a human concoction called... Mectizan, M-E-C-T-I-Z-A-N. That is ivermectin. And Merck instituted the Mectizan Donation Program, MDP, where they had an emergency after seven clinical trials showing it works in humans. 
They, they did seven, seven, seven clinical trials in, in Burkina Faso, some countries like that, and they found it works. And in 1987, they started distributing hundreds of millions of doses. Eventually, Merck alone donated $2.8 billion over the years. And in the ensuing decade, they essentially eradicated it. So are these bastards at the FDA insinuating that ivermectin that 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 Africans are not human beings? 2.8 million doses. They took it like water. It was essentially made over the counter. They bombed Africa with it. It was a miracle. It was one of the greatest achievements ever of Merck. In 2017, Merck put out a press release commemorating the 20th anniversary of this rescue program. And and by the way, it still exists. The African Program of Oncosuriasis Control, that's the fancy name for river blindness, it still exists. It's a coalition of 19 countries. And by the way, there's interesting data that those 19 countries that still on some level use ivermectin have much a much lower case rate, much lower of um, and death rate of um, COVID than the other African countries. You know, again, that that's it, it, it takes a lot to prove causation with that, but just know that's out there. Anyway, 20-year anniversary, Merck put out a press release lauding their drug, which saved more than 250 million people in 32 countries. They, they no, no known major side effects. And by the way, that was in a New York Times article in 1987. There's no known side effects. They all praised it. Just like with masks, look at the research on an issue before the issue became political. And before we go on, our next sponsor today, we're getting closer to our next Constitution Defense courses with ConstitutionCoach.com. Um, America's Constitution Coach Rick Green gives a great Constitution Code uh, class out at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute in Pahrump, Nevada. Why there? Because... During the day, we actually do defense, defensive handgun training. You're going to learn how to shoot from the holster, headshots, clearing malfunctions, plus the best Constitution training. It is truly amazing. Go to constitutioncoach.com. You'll find it's 90% off. So just 150 bucks for the four-day course. Um, it's 100 for the two-day course. I recommend the four-day if you could take off from work that long. Travel accommodations are still on you. I usually stay at the Holiday Inn Express there. Uh, there's a couple others, not too many hotels around there. And uh, you have to bring your own, own ammo or order it from Front Sight. It might be easier so you don't have to, especially if you're flying, so you don't have to bring it in. Again, go to constitutioncoach.com to find out more today. So, folks, right off the bat, oh, and I just want to say there's a study published in The Lancet a couple years ago that goes back and discusses to, uh, that um, ultimately the program had an impressive impact ensuring that river blindness is no longer a public health problem. Ivermectin has been widely used for 30 years to combat onchocerciasis, right, the river blindness, and is considered a wonder drug, published in The Lancet. So right off the bat, okay, be before we get into, oh, Daniel, but that's for parasitic infection. Oh, okay, <laughs> first of all, but but that is a very okay. You might say, "How do you know it works, Daniel?" We only know it works for parasitic infections. Well, 
no, we now have 15 months of, 17 months of usage for this. We'll get to that. But right off the bat, they have no answer. They have no treatment. They have no answer. So the only way you could knock someone else's answer is by saying, look, I don't want to try that because that's unsafe. That's animal poison. No, this was bombed. And, and again, there's a hundred million things. There's repurposed gout medication. There's cholesterol medications. There's androgen blockers that have tremendous, tremendous, those that really have the best action of anything. There's Pepsi, Famotidine. There's, um, you know, obviously hydroxy with zinc and vitamin D and, and the nasal irrigation, the betadine iodine solution, okay? Rinsing your mouth and nose with it. There's a new study out that shows patients who initiated isotonic saline nasal irrigation after a positive COVID-19 PCR test were 19 times, 19 times less likely to be hospitalized than the, the national rate. They won't even promote that. I mean, if they're worried about spreading it, it's through your freaking nose. Irrigate the nose. 19-fold decrease in hospitalizations from that. They won't even promote betadine in the freaking nose. So this whole thing's a lie. Don't focus on any one drug. They oppose anything that works. If it doesn't work, they'll, 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 they'll be fine with it. They are alleging that there's a safety problem, that this is animal poison. The only way to express that is by saying human beings in Africa are animals. That is what they're saying. That is what they're suggesting. Between the lines, it's like, yeah, you know, those third world things, it's for those people. Mind you, we are a fourth world country now. And I define that as a country that, unlike a third world country, has the resources and uses it for evil. Uses it, when they have all this at their disposal, they block and censor and purposely kill their own people. That's a fourth world country. But anyway, right off the bat, the world health, this is a fact. It was used for humans four billion times and was one of the most successful successfully defeating a pandemic in the world for human beings since 1987 and was concocted for 50 years. And also in the Western world, including, including the U.S., it has been prescribed for certain um, parasitic infections, scabies, but ones that are more common with Americans too, like tapeworms and lice, lice as well. It's not a common thing. I'm not going to tell you it's common, but it is FDA approved. There is a label. It has. It is given a the thumbs up. It's been approved, I think, since 96, I want to say, in America. It is an FDA approved drug. So right away, oh, it's only for this. Okay, but that doesn't negate its safety profile. That's that's a question is, does it work? Okay, so that's, let, let's do this methodically. That is a dastardly lie, what they are saying. The World Health Organization in 2019 listed it among its model list of essential medicines given its efficacy and its track record of safety. Model medicine. Okay? So, right away, nobody knows this information. In 2015, William C. Campbell and Satoshi Amura 
were awarded the Nobel Prize in physiology for discovering the cure for ivermectin. This was the readout from the Nobel Assembly. Today, ivermectin, derivative ivermectin, is used in all parts of the world. Okay, they're making it, so your average person looking at the FDA thinks it's some obscure animal medicine. It is used for humans in all parts of the world that are plagued by parasitic diseases. Ivermectin is highly effective against a range of parasites, has limited side effects, and is freely available across the globe. The importance of ivermectin for improving the health and well-being of millions of individuals with river blindness and lymphatic fluorosis, uh, primarily in the poorest regions of the world, is immeasurable. Treatment is so successful that these diseases are on the verge of eradication, which would be a major feat in the medical history of humankind. Not horse kind. Humankind. That is a quote from the Nobel Assembly. So right off the bat, it's been dumped on on all of Africa. Four billion doses. No major problems with it. It was a miracle against this, and it was noted and understood as having a wide mechanism of action. Okay? Again, before we get to anything else, it is completely indefensible what they are putting out. In 2004, Johns Hopkins posted an article on this. Quote, Ivermectin, the compound from which Mectizin is derived, was originally found to be effective against parasites and farm animals. Realizing its potential as a human medicine, Merck and WHO conducted seven years of clinical trials which demonstrated that Mectizin is safe for humans and effectively kills the juvenile form of, again, I'm I'm just going to say river blindness because I can't pronounce the technical term. Listen to that. Seven years of randomized controlled trials. So to say that it's not safe for a human being is a goddamn lie. May they burn in hell for it. May they burn in hell. You know, I just spoke with a, a pulmonologist today who has saved thousands of people with ivermectin. You know, he told me that he actually lost his first patient ever who died. Guess what? She came to him on day 14. And mind you, it's shown efficacy then too but not obviously not as much. But the point is, we're testing like hyenas and everyone's on alert for this like they've never been for any illness in the history of their lives. There's no reason people should be waiting past day one. Certainly when we have all the prophylactic that you could even be taking. So the fact that ivermectin is safe for human beings is settled science 50 freaking years ago. Okay, the fact that it was used for parasitic infections in humans doesn't negate its safety profile. Now, right off the bat, before we get into anything, they're acting like this is day one when ivermectin's ever been used. Like, the last 18 months of American doctors, of the experience in Mexico City, the experience in Uttar Pradesh, of India didn't exist. And I'm going to work on an article. The data from Uttar Pradesh is phenomenal. Right now, there's 36 states in um, India. Uttar Pradesh is the one that embraced it as a standard protocol. They are ranked number 36 in cases right now. And it's not even close. And they, and, and they have 230 million people in that state. And it's very there's parts of it that are very densely populated. 
as, as much of India is. But anyway, they're acting like we've never seen this. But right off the bat, let's say we've never seen this. Any doctor worth more than a bucket of spit understands. They understand that when you're stuck with no official treatment yet, you look at mechanisms of action. So before knowing anything, you see it is a wonder drug for parasite. It is a broad mechanism of action. Yes, we know parasites, fungi, bacteria, and viruses are all different. But they're also kind of similar in many ways, too, in the way they invade cells and take over the body. Okay, this is not rocket science. So just because something originally was used for one purpose doesn't mean it won't have the same mechanism of action or possibly even better against something else that you haven't yet tried, right? It's like, knock me over with a feather. Something that was like a 100% wonder drug with a parasitic infection, it helps against the virus. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Knock me over with a feather. Really? I mean, like right away, like your brain can't conceptualize that. Really? Come on, stop playing dumb. So already in 2012, there were numerous in vitro studies that showed a diverse array effect of ivermectin against dengue fever and the flu and other viruses. So they were already studying that. They already realized, wait a minute, this thing's a freaking wonder drug. We better take a look at it. And again, I could get Ryan Cole, I could get Dan Stock, I can get Peter McCullough, all these guys, and they've been on the show that could literally explain for an hour its mechanism of action and why it makes sense and how it works in three different ways. There's three different me mechanisms of action that help against um, <clears throat> the way COVID invades the cells, both antiviral and anti-inflammatory qualities as well, which is why we are seeing it shut down cytokine storms even after people already had it. Um, but that said, imagine if in the 1970s there would have been a group of people saying, Ivermectin, that sucks. That's animal. And mind you, back then we didn't have the 4 billion case study that we have today. You would have had millions of dead Africans from these parasitic diseases. Again, I could say, oh, the vaccines were originally tried in animals. It's animal medication. That's what it's like saying. There are 60... Five studies, 31 of them being randomized controlled trials that show the efficacy of ivermectin for SARS-CoV-2. Okay, so we're acting like we're like first embarking on it. Remember, this didn't come from nowhere. There was no money being made off of it. It was clearly organically they were seeing it freaking working. Remdesivir has zero studies on its effectiveness. The WHO recommends against it. University of Iowa shows that it harms. It, 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 you have like nine times more likely for renal failure from it. Yet that is not only available, but is the only standard of care at $3,000 a pop. That makes everything they say about ivermectin indefensible. Each thing like, it's a totality of evidence. Each thing like, not enough people. Here's the point. <clears throat> let, me, let me just say something with sample sizes. So sample sizes, first of all, only the government has the resources and even authority to do big studies. 
and they refuse to do them. So we don't have the ability to do them. Number two, number two, and this is important, when it comes to sample size, they only matter if you only have one or two of them and if the power is low, the p-value is low. So sometimes, you know, it's meaningful in science to look at things that are 5% effective, 7% effective. So in order to get that confirmed, you need an exact number, like because the number is low, so you want an exact number, <clears throat> you need a very high uh, sample size. But when you're seeing 60, 70, 80% efficacy, you see the efficacy. I, I don't have it in front of me, but one meta-analysis meta that did the math showed that if you put all the ivermectin studies together, mathematically it comes out that there is a 1 in a 26 trillion chance of ivermectin not working. So this crap of I don't like your sample size when you look at the p-value in conjunction with the 65 studies, and then, again, it's not even studies anymore. Studies only matter when you're embarking on it. We're 17 months into this where I could have a sample of people from this show. It turns them around forever. You, you, you can't deny it. I quote Brian Tyson in my column. They treated over 6,200 people for COVID in his clinic. He has never lost a person that he got ivermectin on them within seven days of, of presenting with illness. Nobody could point to that. The, studies are important when you're embarking on something. But when you just do it already, it's almost, it's the reverse of the mask. The mask, they want to have these fake mannequin studies that say, and even then, by the way, if you saw the Canadian fake mask uh, mannequin study, even then they say it gets rid of 12% of particles. 12% for surgical masks, 10% for cloth masks. So even then it's a joke because that literally means like it will, someone did the math, it, even if they're right, so it would take a minute and six seconds to get critical exposure rather than a minute flat. It would add another six seconds to it, even if that were true. But it's like studies at the end of the day, especially a, a mannequin study, uh, like a simulation thing in a, in a lab, which is not a randomized controlled trial, it, they only matter when you're doing guesswork. But there's something better than a study, and that's reality. The reality of the study of the entire world wearing it like a nutcase has shown they don't work. It's the same thing with ivermectin, but in reverse. The reality of any doctor that tried to use it showed it freaking turns people around right away. Now, does everything work 100% for everyone in all circumstances at all stages of the virus? No, but that's a stupid straw man. When they are mandating a freaking clot shot with so many side effects, when the Mayo Clinic itself said it's 41% effective, the Israelis themselves say Pfizer is 39% effective and 41% effective against symptomatic illness. Whereas the American Journal of Therapeutics study on ivermectin, an analysis of two dozen randomized controlled trials put together showed an 86% efficacy prophylactically against even getting the virus, much less ameliorating the symptoms. And again, the thought is with a lot of people, what it does seem like is going on is that we are lowballing the dosage. 
Again, the recommended dosage is 0.2 milligrams per kilogram of a human weight, um, which a lot of people works out to be 15 to 20 or so um, milligrams in total for a dose of ivermectin for COVID. But, you know, because they're treading on thin ice and they they don't want to, like, rock the boat, they're really being very conservative with the dosage, even though studies have already been done on this for many years that have shown you can go much, 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 much higher without problems. So that's a, that's another thing. It would likely be much, much better, um, you know, if they uh, used higher doses. So this is the presentation on ivermectin that you're not getting. But then again, it's not even about ivermectin. It's about everything. Don't look at anything that's been politicized. Look forward. If you think that we could find a wonder drug that is cheap and 100% safe and 100% effective and the government won't block it, you're blind as a bat. There is nothing that could come out that they won't block. And that is based on what they're doing on what they are pushing. So we talked about what what does work and that they're censoring. Well, what doesn't work? The more the vaccine turns out to be unsafe for many people and less effective by their own admission, by their own admission, the more they push it. Jesse Jackson and his wife, the latest high-profile couple, double vaccinated, they're in the hospital for COVID now. What do you have to offer them? They could have used early treatment. Okay? Based on the government's own narrative, it is indefensible that they approved the Pfizer shot. If you look at page, okay, so this is FDA's industry guide for EUA status. It's page 13 of their document. They require a 50% threshold of efficacy even to get emergency use authorization. And now the Mayo Clinic pegs it at 40% efficacy, and really it's much lower. That's completely made up, and it's waning every day and now they're giving it full approval and and i don't want to hear this crap of oh well deadly symptoms which that itself is waning too but maybe you could say that's still over 50 percent. maybe we don't even know that um bloomberg new york mag did great articles this week on how we don't have data and where we do have data which is israel and the uk it paints a very different picture but anyway um it, it, you can't tell me it means only critical illness because a vaccine, again, you want to call it a therapeutic like we're calling our stuff, fine. That's not a vaccine. Okay, when you're talking about 40% effective against symptomatic infection, that is not a vaccine. That's a prophylactic. But a prophylactic that has eons more side effects than ivermectin. Like, again, this is in... Pfizer's own study on 12 to 17-year-olds. 85% had at least minor symptoms. Dizziness, nausea, chills, headache, and like 20% had fever. 85%. That is not true of ivermectin and anything we're pushing. 
folks, I, I, I just want to deviate for a minute again, just going back to what they're blocking before we get to the scandal of them pushing the vaccines for, for authorization. Again, I only mind the authorization because it's going to lead to mandates. But um, proxalumide, okay, that's an androgen blocker. That has shown more efficacy than anything around. It's in the 90s. And in Brazil, they had major problems with the gamma variant. It's very deadly. And doctors have turned to that, and it, and it turns people around miraculously. And again, Ryan Cole could talk to you forever. It, it, it's, it's part of why men are so much more vulnerable. So it blocks the hormones. But, you know, females have some you know, lesser level, but some male hormones and you know, vice versa. So it shuts it off temporarily. And we use androgen blockers for many things, prostate cancer, whatever. Um, so you cannot get a hold of it in the U.S. Now, so entrepreneurial doctors are finding similar things, but those are the ones trying to treat it. They're in the 1%. And again, they're only in the ICU because we're not using active form vitamin D. We're not even using the inactive and zinc to bulk people up. And we're not using quercetin and NAC and ivermectin and, you know, all sorts of other stuff, amotidine, you know, hydroxy, whatever it is, truly, truly scandalous. But I'm going to quote to you from Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director from August 18th. Even though our vaccines are currently working well to prevent hospitalizations, we are seeing concerning evidence of waning vaccine effectiveness over time and against the Delta variant. And by the way, I just want to interrupt there's a lot of evidence out there now. If you look, Robert Malone was talking about this. If you look at Pfizer's own follow-up. So Pfizer did a six-month follow-up published as a preprint on July 28th. Except it wasn't from July. The, the, the trial date was from March. Already in March, their own data showed waning efficacy a month later. So that was before Delta was even existent in the United States. So it's both a time thing and a variant thing. And number three, the virus, the vaccine itself, creating more immune escape and making variants and just in general, the virus more durable. So that is a fact. Okay. She goes on, additionally, reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. Given evidence, we are concerned that the current strong protection against severe infection, hospitalization, and death could decrease in the months ahead, especially among those who are at higher risk or who are vaccinated earlier during the phases of our vaccination rollout. In the context of these concerns, we are planning for Americans to receive booster shots. And indeed, they're now advising elderly people not to take <coughs> cruises, <coughs> even if they're vaccinated. That is their position. How do you approve something that you say it needs a booster? And then again, we're all starting with a clean slate as if you could just experiment on this as if there's no side effects. Everything they lie and said about ivermectin applies to their crap shots. So right away, Walensky, in their own words, is conceding the following. Number one, that there's zero justification to mandate the vaccine. It doesn't stop infection transmission. That's full stop. So at best, it would be just you know, a good idea for your own personal protection. But even the personal protection, number two, she admits, wanes after about six months and increasingly 
for the most vulnerable people who need it. Number three, she admits in her word that that the vaccine efficacy wanes both over time and with mutant strains that will likely continue. Fauci has talked about that a lot. Number four, in a stunning admission, she says, and I quote, Israel seems to, the data from Israel seems to suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. She is expressing a form of antibody-dependent disease enhancement. And this is being approved. While they are admitting it is waning, the FDA's own data said, not data, memorandum, page 52, if you look up FDA memorandum EUA approval, just Google that, page 52, it's a 57-page document, that's how you know you'll have the right one, risk of vaccine-enhanced disease over time potentially associated with waning immunity remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further in ongoing clinical trials. They have not evaluated that one bit since getting full approval. And yet now we know by their own admission, it is waning. So why is there no concern of ADE? It's unbelievable. Now the booster shot, okay, Israel, if you notice, is already having deaths and hospitalizations of people with the booster shot earlier than you had with the first two. A Spanish study found, just came out last week, they, they looked at antibody levels produced by booster shots to the alpha variant, and they showed a net decreasing result. Our results with the alpha variant suggest that third doses of present vaxes to the general population might not be the best approach to increase the immunity for the emerging uh, variants of concern, and they show that it doesn't give you the same bang for the buck. So you're again, you're not going to get six months on the clock. What you will get is the same people dying and being disabled from it, the side effects. But the, the risk-benefit analysis is going to be even worse. Again, juxtapose what they are not only approving but mandating to what they're censoring. And the two go hand in hand. It is pure genocide. Pure genocide. Scientists have been warning about this forever. Okay, there's a new study, not new, it's published in July in Nature. Okay, this is Nature magazine, very prestigious. Plans to vaccinate those with high risk of fatal disease followed by a drive to reach herd immunity while in uncontrolled transmission among the rest of the population is likely to greatly increase the probability that a resistant strain is established. I mean, this is there for anyone to see. I am taking their own narrative, negates itself, and screams for early and prophylactic treatment. Screams for that. And yet, the courts are nowhere to be seen. Now, speaking of the courts, by the way, our last sponsor today, Alliance Defending Freedom, for over 27 years, they've been defending us in court Religious liberty, sanctity of life, freedom of speech, marriage, parental rights. They are giving away a free ebook so you guys can understand what they do. ADFlegal.org slash CRs and Conservative Review. It's titled Generational Wins. You could see their good work and donate to them. They work solely based on pro bono. Um, our side just doesn't have the money that the left has to get injunctions and standing in court. Uh, America stands strong when we stand together. 
ADF has been doing that for us. Again, go to adflegal.org slash CR, adflegal.org slash CR. Now, I'm already losing my voice, but contrast this to natural immunity. If you look at the UK, again, it's interesting. America doesn't publish data. UK publishes it every week, and they have a section on reinfection. If you do the math, they have a number of possible, probable, and confirmed reinfections, meaning people got COVID and got it again. The number of probable reinfections is 0.025%. And I can guarantee you all of them are extremely mild. 0.025%. Yet someone who had prior infection but doesn't have the vaccine is treated like a pariah. But the someone who doesn't have prior infection but has the vaccine that they are admitting doesn't work and needs a booster. And this is not me. This is them. They're saying then you're, you could be part of society. Again, the data show from every study that ivermectin and nasal irrigation and raising your vitamin D levels over 30 work better not just to ameliorate symptoms, but in stopping the freaking transmission better, better than the vaccines even when they did work and certainly now that they've lost any sense of efficacy. Now, we have action items today. We need to push in state legislatures to make it illegal for insurance payers to require that employers disclose their employees' vaccine status. That's why a lot of workplaces are doing it because the insurance companies are leaning on them. If we could mandate that insurance be actuarially insolvent with guaranteed issue and community rating like they did with Obamacare, then you know what? We could put this anti-discrimination clause in. Number two, we got to work on... um, uh, finding pharmacies that refuse to prescribe uh, COVID treatments prescribed by doctors. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable what is going on today. When you look at the dichotomy of them blocking all information on side effects of, of um, the virus while playing up COVID... And mind you, they only play up COVID when it suits them, like with a death count. But they don't play it up to say, oh my God, you got COVID, let's treat you. No, go to hell and go to the hospital when you can't breathe and we have some remdesivir to damage your kidneys and not work against COVID for you. Uh, um, An an ER doctor in uh, Pennsylvania sent me this. So there's ICD codes for COVID, but nothing else. They have codes to punch in for COVID. So exa- so the example is there's thousands of ICD codes. These are what they code in like different, I treated this patient for this, 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 you know, this, this sort of illness. So they already within a year have thousands of ICD codes on inane COVID diseases, such as COVID toes. You could literally search that. And then if you're a doctor and you have access to this in ICD codes, COVID toes, it's kind of like global warming. If you Google anything under the sun with global warming, they'll say, you know, it causes it. Same thing, COVID and anything under the sun, there's an ICD code, okay? Um, when you go to vaccines, hundreds of ICD codes exist for adverse reactions to prior vaccines. Everything from cholera vaccine to typhus, 
But when you search in the ICD system for COVID vaccine, nothing comes up. They will not report it. Again, it's not a matter of one thing. It's a totality of the information that I've given you for 18 months on this. The stuff they've done that doesn't work and harms both the virus, our effort against the virus, and so many other you know, side effects of human health, mental health, economic health, societal health, juxtaposed to the things that do work, that they censor, creates a vision of a fourth world country that's perhaps the fourth Reich. It's truly unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. We're pretty much out of time, but I want to just point to an opinion by one of the editors of the British Medical Journal. Very prestigious. His name is, which editor is this? It is Peter Dashi. He's senior editor, BMG, <clears throat> BMJ. And they, they just go through how indefensible it is. Uh, um, with uh, the waning immunity and all the issues, indefensible to make this vaccine approved. It's titled, Does the FDA Think These Data Justify the First Full Approval of a COVID-19 Vaccine? Again, BMJ Opinion. Um, it's at bmj.com, and that's there. Folks, we only have one state that is blocking employers from mandating vaccines, and that is Montana. Good for them. What about all the other red states? And like I noted, I'm going to get to Uttar Pradesh. There's a lot of good data on that. But this is unbelievable. Another article I want you guys to look at is Bloomberg. The vaccinated are worried and scientists don't have answers. And they basically show that our government has completely lost control. And by the way, Robert Malone has an article out at Trial Site News. If you look at the leaked slideshow on the Delta variant from CDC that the Washington Post got a hold of, they say everything I'm saying that basically, oh my gosh, we're screwed. The vaccines don't work against it. Okay? So, you know, again, this is a fact. Yet they are fighting and lying about things that do work. It is truly indefensible. We have so much more on this. We're going to get to natural immunity. I'm going to get to the India example. Folks, go to earlytreatmentreport.com. Our, one of our listeners, Katie from Massachusetts, put that out. Earlytreatmentreport.com. You could find out. She explains how to mix the, um, the betadine iodine solution uh, again, if you come down with COVID, the first thing is to do twice a day, um, the, the, it was at 1% uh, solution of betadine iodine in your nose and your mouth. It is, it has been proven in study after study. We're the ones who are actually looking at the studies. That's the, that's the irony. These guys are all just shut up. This is what we're doing and it works. Vitamin D works again in conjunction with other things. Over time, you have to get above a certain, um, you know, level. Zinc works. Tons of other stuff works. And you better believe ivermectin works, which is why they're attacking it. 
I have never seen such evil in my life. I don't understand how my colleagues are continuing to focus on Afghanistan when we have the Taliban right here in the good old USA. Except the Taliban only require the women to cover their face. I guess the Taliban here require men and women to cover their faces. But what they are doing is worse than the Taliban. They know exactly what they're doing, and it is pure genocide. They are creating a strain that is getting worse and roping in younger people and needs early treatment, both whether you had the shot or not, while they kill a bunch of people from the shot. And they are closing every avenue. Every avenue. Again, this, this pulmonologist has said that never lost a patient before day seven, really before day 14 in his case, with ivermectin. Not that they died of ivermectin, they died of the virus in that one case, but it, you know, it didn't stop it. He is now has to go in front of a hospital board to defend using it in the hospital. They put a kind of temporary suspension on him using it until he defends himself. It is truly disgusting. Again, these are people, they won't look at the androgen blockers. They won't look at, look at calcidifiol, which is the active vitamin D that bypasses the liver. They won't look at cur- curcumin, okay? The simple herb. It has three high-powered, amazing studies that it, it, if you go to um, c9early.com, C, uh, c19early.com, it, it has, it's a clearinghouse of every single study on everything. It's an amazing website. It's the be- curcumin is performs the highest right under proxalumide of anything out there. It's a simple freaking herb. You can get it at any vitamin store. Things like that. For one one trillionth of the money we spent, we could have gotten this down to science even better than these terrific doctors with the little resources and censorship. You know, one of these doctors said to me, look, you know, when I talked to him about the calcidophile, I was like, yeah, you're probably right, but I just got to work with what I know I can get a hold of to save lives. It is is so dark what is going on. It is indefensible. With people who are vaccinated now being hospitalized from COVID, even based on their own narrative, it is indefensible what they are doing in early treatment. I just want to close with one simple yet profound thought about Afghanistan. You know, all my colleagues are obsessed with Afghanistan. They won't talk about any of this while we're being mandated a harmful thing and they're blocking. I mean, the juxtaposition of what they're doing with ivermectin to what they're doing with the vaccine should be the top story on all of conservative talk, but it's all going to be, I want a little talking point with Biden. It's an interesting observation I had that cuts to the core here. You see, Biden is getting extremely embarrassed by the endless panic reporting, the Saigon-style imagery out of Afghanistan. And a lot of people are asking me, well, Daniel, why is the media playing it up? It's embarrassing their man. And I say, you guys don't get it. You look at it through a phony Republican Teletubby Muppet lens, where on our supposed side, and I don't consider myself a Republican, I'm an independent, but on the so-called phony right, all they care about is Trump, 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 who, by the way, was promoting the vaccine at his rally. Um, They care about cult of personality, talking points. They don't care about policy outcomes. The left actually cares about their policy outcomes. 
And they're willing to throw Biden over the bus on this. You know why? Because the panic, do you know what it engenders? Mass refugee resettlement. Transforming America, which they care about a lot more than Biden's reputation. They don't care. So they'll trash Biden. Look at what a bad job he did. Now it's a disaster. Now we have to bring in a million Afghanis. See what I mean? They care about the solutions. For us, we'll have Trump pushing COVID fascism, trashing Sweden as he did, brought in Pence and the Fauci and Burks, endorsed all this garbage, set it in motion, set the clot shots in motion, and we're like, set remdesivir in motion, or like, look at Mr. Trump. He did a good job. I don't want to say anything bad about this because it will embarrass Trump. It's not about one man. Don't we care about a higher order? That's what I admire about the left on Afghanistan. I just thought it was an important thought. I wanted to share with you again. I'm out of voice, out of time, out of breath, out of emotion. I need your help. I need you to send this show everywhere you can get. This is a show like none other. I almost want to change the name. It's the conservative review. It's not, it's, it's nothing to do with conservatism. Nothing I've espoused today is a traditional right versus left. It's nothing that anyone, if you consider yourself a real liberal, there's nothing about what I'm saying today that should offend you. You should be all into it. The totalitarianism we're seeing is sick. And any true classical liberal should be offended by that. Till tomorrow, keep the faith and God bless you all.